Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. And holy cow, have we got a show for you today. We've got a great show for you, folks. Uh, Today we're talking parenting. Does it really make a difference? When you think about all of the stories in therapy about how many parents have apparently messed up their children. First of all, I don't believe all of them. I think those are just really good stories. And there are parents that mess up their kids, but you know what? Today we're going to be talking about healthy parenting and what really makes a difference. What is the key? And can you be a single parent, if you're out there in listener land, and still create a really healthy relationship, a strong you know, parenting-child relationship where all of a sudden your kids are healthy and strong? Do we make a difference you know, moms, dads, what roles do we play? Stuff like that. Bunch of stuff going on. It's going to be a great show today. Uh, by the way, all, a bunch of other stuff. Jenny Layton's going to be joining us later in the show. She's going to, you know, she's from uh, happy, the, mm-hmm. happy, the Happy Gal. Happy Gal. I was going to say Gal. Thehappygal.com. It's, it's either, you can, you can pronounce it that way in some languages, I'm You sure. can pronounce it a lot of ways. We also have a BYU professor, Michaela Dufer, is going to be joining us, and she is an associate professor at the Department of Sociology. She's going to teach us everything she's learned about parenting. By the way, research-based. Hello. Mm-hmm. That's the way it really works. My kids couldn't be studied, I'm convinced. because my, <laughs> You've tried. <laughs> my children wouldn't sit down long enough to have a study performed. And they wouldn't be consistent enough. They're just they're fun, they're cute, but man, they just keep moving. I think my kids would think that they'd be fine without me anyway. Yeah, I do too. So. They've, they've actually called me. Yeah. They called and said that. I'm sure. They said, can you keep my dad later? <laughs> We're trying to have a party when he's Except when I take him to a movie. I know. You take him to a lot of movies. Yeah. By the way, I saw a movie. What? I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> it's la- it's it was, memorable. It I was, can tell. It was the movie where they sort everybody by their talent or their gift. Divergent. Divergent, yeah. Or Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they do a sorting. There's a lot of sorting of children. There is a lot of sorting. But we already do that. We sort those with ADD. So you were you candor? Anxiety. I wasn't candor. No. I really related. And I don't remember all their names. I related to the, I related to the ones that were like the, um, the therapists. Is that uh, they're the, the uh, white one? I don't remember now. They're the therapists, and they're the, I think they were the ones that were running the country. They were the servants mm-hmm. that were the public servants. I think uh, I related more oh, to that yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's sad. I know I definitely did not relate to the intellectuals. Okay. Okay. Very apparent. Yeah. Or the... Uh, what? Uh, I, no, I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Sorry, I was just saying <laughs> it just It almost sounded like... Makes sense. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. What, that's, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> that was awkward. Did you hear what he said? No. He's being flippant. Uh, it's because it's Monday. Oh, sure it is. You know what, by the way? We need recliners. Agreed. <laughs> After having spent a weekend, basically reclined, I now need a recliner okay. in the studio. Talk to Don. Yeah. As, as you know, I Don don't... Don hasn't even got I don't have control gear. over I, the I, budget. I remember so. I asked for gear. I know. We have, we're gearless. Uh, yeah, we were we were supposed to get pirate. Um, well, that was gear. The, yeah, yeah, that was the only gear they had was you know some gear from a pirate yeah, show. Three cornered hats and yeah, mm-hmm. and a big puffy shirt. <laughs> yeah, but this is going to say the Matt Townsend show, right? Nothing better than that, puffy silky shirt. Hey, um, before we say anything else, we got to get to the headlines because here's the deal. Uh, 
Headliners from The Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Wow. <laughs> Somebody's hiding under the desk over there now. No one. What are you talking about? <laughs> wow. That just took me over. I forgot we had that. No, we, we have that. We have that, yes. Wow, I'm just startled. <clears throat> <laughs> Got to get my heart rate back down. Looking into the news. <laughs> so what, what are the headlines? Because you know what? All over the news, tons of parenting issues. Oh, yeah. Tons. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll try this one on yeah. for size. Well, it's about diapers, so maybe you don't want to try it on. Don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, already been there. Already oh, really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. About yeah. 40 four years ago oh no i thought you meant like <laughs> recently recent. no that's 20 years ago. <laughs> okay, 20 years yeah. from now um but a lady by the name of miranda sowers uh, she's in texas yeah she goes to uh, a pizza place uh-huh. local pizza oh, place little, has her kids with her yeah no big deal little pizza night right she's got a real uh, four-month-old daughter oh cute little kid mm-hmm. has to change the diaper yeah, While sure. she's at the restaurant, okay? Right, so you go to the restroom. She takes the kid into the restroom, but there's no baby changing table uh, in the restroom. Ah, see, okay. So if she doesn't want to change her on the floor. No. Well, that would be disgusting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she takes the baby back out to the uh, dining area Yeah. and decides, wait a minute, I've got a changing pad right here in the diaper bag. Sure. She's really small. It's a small she'll, baby. She'll fit on this chair. She's four months old. Right. So she changes the diaper on the chair. Oh, really? Really? Were people eating? Yeah, it was. It was lunchtime. Ugh. In the restaurant. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm sick. Restaurant gave her her food in a to-go box and asked her to leave. Why? You know what? It's the restaurant's fault. <laughs> I don't know if it's the restaurant's fault. You know what you do? Here's what you do. If I was, what's her name? What's her name? McKay, uh, Miranda. Miranda. If I was Miranda and I couldn't find one of those cute little baby changing mm-hmm. tables that I'm sure cost thousands of dollars. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me, I mean, actually. Yeah, it's a great little To market. install them and sure. everything, too. I would take the baby up to the front counter where you oh. pay. And I just put my little baby, you know, diaper changing area right mm-hmm. there. And I'd do it. And then I'd just ask the guy to throw the diaper away. Hmm. And guess what? And then if he says, ma'am, you can't do that here. I'm saying, well, like, the restaurant, well, where am I supposed to do it? You know, the restaurant was saying, you know. They don't. They don't want people to change diapers in there. They oh, don't sure. want customers to have to smell sure. anything sure. bad, or they don't want. They don't want people throwing up. It was a quote that I also heard, <sighs> which I don't understand that one. But you know what? She has filed a complaint though with the Better Business Bureau. Yeah, you got to accommodate mm-hmm. somehow, or don't complain. There you go. You know what though? You did ruin pizza for me. Sorry. I will not eat pizza now. No for, pizza uh, night for you. No pizza for one week. <laughs> Till next pizza night. All right. Uh, moving what on. what parent hasn't kind of changed a diaper somewhere? Oh, I know. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Done that. I've changed a diaper standing up. Oh, yeah. With the baby. By the way, the baby was not standing up. <laughs> no, I hope that not. That would be weird. <laughs> but I was, I've changed a baby standing. It's not, you know. Okay, so driving down the road. Yeah. On to our next story. Um you have you have kids that drive. Yes. yes. Okay. Ish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do. They get behind a, a wheel. Use that term very loosely. Yeah. What do you teach them about their cell phone though, when no, they're driving? No cell phone while the car is on. Okay. Uh, but do you allow them to have the cell phone on while the car is running? Yeah. Okay. I don't check them that far. Well, yeah. I, I do say... It's not like you can really control right. it. Well, and I do tell them if I catch you, I'll tase you. There you go. 
which has kept them very. I'm sure that's. We'll, we'll ask Michaela about yeah, doing that yeah, later. Yeah, she's the pearl. <laughs> Write that down. But there's a new study that shows that you know, texting or calling on a cell phone that that's distracted driving. Oh sure, absolutely. Just plain and simple. Yep. But there's a new study about teenagers. They show that it's their parents that are distracting them while they're driving. Oh, that's so true. Because the parents call the cell phone while the kid is driving. Interesting. And some of them keep calling until the child answers the phone. Are you, are you driving? Are you driving safe? Yeah. Are you safely? What, what are you doing right now? So, can you go pick someone up for me? Go pick up number three. <laughs> yeah. I just thought this was very interesting. They were they, so parents again. Yeah. Are the problem? But they did find that fifty-three percent of teens who talked on the phone behind the wheel talked to a parent. Really? Really? Over half. I think this is the kids. I think the kids are trying to blame the parents. Oh, now. I see. It's a setup. Okay. Well, 46% in the study did talk to a friend. Okay. There so you there, go. There, there is, you know. There's there, the honest ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the honest, yeah. But see, then again, the, the only reason some of my kids would have a phone is because we want to be able to contact them. But, you, I mean, how can you complain? if You can't complain about your kids using the phone if yeah. you're the one calling them. That's right. Well, unless, you know, you've taught them don't answer the phone. While you're then, driving. Well, yeah, but then you also teach them you always answer the phone when mom's calling. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But. Yeah. You know what you do? Make them change babies at the pizza hut. <laughs> or in the backseat yeah. while they're driving. If you keep this up, you're going to the pizza hut to <laughs> change diapers. Go. Oh, man. That's Good, the headlines. Uh, those are great headlines. Well, the first one was stunk. Thank you. You've ruined it. We really me. need a rim shot, James. I'm sorry. We need a rim shot. Yeah, get on that. That didn't sound like a rim shot. No. That sounded like a flat Boom. tire. Hey, uh, very good. We're going to take a break, folks, but uh, don't go anywhere. After this, we'll be talking to Dr. Michaela Dufer, who is a sociology professor here at BYU, and she's going to share with us the research on moms and dads and the different ways that they parent. If you have any thoughts or questions, just tweet us at BYU or call 1-855-CHAT-BYU. That's coming up right next. But first, let's take a break. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about parenting and, you know, the impact we can all have as a parent on our children, whether a single parent, you know, maybe even a step-parent have, can have a huge impact as well. And our guest today is Dr. Michaela Dufer. She is an associate professor at the Department of Sociology at Brigham Young University. She has a master's and a Ph.D. from Ohio State University, so she's obviously a Buckeye. Definitely. <laughs> you better be now. I just called you out. Go Bucks. She's uh, done a lot of research in child and adolescent social capital, which is a topic uh, we'll get into probably a little bit today, but I really want to have you back on that because that to me, that's how people can basically get a lot done in life, just being effective socially, right? Being able yeah, to work absolutely. the social world. So you've worked on that. You've done a lot of research there. You've worked on creation of social ties in families and schools and single mothers, single fathers and families, which is kind of what I want to talk about today. 
Yeah, it's interesting. There's been a lot of work done on single mothers yeah. in families compared to two-parent families. Yeah. But single fathers are one of the fastest growing family types in the U.S. today. Totally. And very little has been done on them. Now, why? It seems because, like it's if we're doing half mothers, we ought to be covering the other half. Right. It's not half and half in terms of the numbers it's of not, the families. Mm. Yeah. If you and look who's at, the child care giving and who's giving right. the child care? So if you look at single parent families altogether, about 12% of those families are single father families. Are they really solely taken care of by the father? Just by the dad. That's sad. 12%. But then uh, do you know what percentage still have their father active in their... It really depends on the data you look at. But we see more and more that that fathers try to stay involved. And Mm -hmm. you're probably more familiar than I am with some of the legal issues with that and some of the the protests that are going on trying to make sure that fathers can stay involved. Now, you're a child of a single mother, right? A single Single, dad. Single dad, actually. Your dad raised you? Yeah, for a few years. How great. Yeah, my mom died when I was 12. And it was a few years later that my dad remarried. I was almost ready to to leave the nest and go off to college. But a 12 year old losing her mom. Dad had to pick up. He did. And, you know, it's interesting. That's really what we find. Um, If you look at a lot lot of the theory, the ideas were that men and women are so different and they'll parent so differently that if you're a single mom, you'll lack that masculine presence in the house and, and vice versa. That's what we thought. And it turns out that in a single parenting situation, that parent just picks it up. That parent just pulls themselves up by the bootstraps. Do they? Those kids don't end up very different from each other. Isn't that, let's great, let's blow that myth up. I was raised then by my mom and three sisters, four Mm -hmm. women. And, you know, a lot of people say no one's more masculine than me. Right. I can see that. Actually, nobody says that. (laughs) Nobody says that. But I do, here's what's interesting. I know a lot about, like, women Mm -hmm. because I had to hear it day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot, like more than any man should know. <laughs> Just little secrets and and, and I think I think it comes from that. I really do. But my I do they did compensate. So they would then my mom would have men around. Mm-hmm. She no, I mean, that sounds bad. You know my mom. <laughs> she'd have all these men around. No, but in she would she'd have friends uh, like my 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 buddies' dads would come sure. take me to camps and she'd make sure I went out and stayed out with grandpa and people would try to teach me to hunt. Right. Well, and that's really interesting because I, I know you want to talk later a little bit about some social capital. Yeah. And that's probably what she was doing for it's you exactly. was building that social capital. Yeah. It might not have mattered so much if she was building that social capital for you with men. It's a, it's not a, so it's not a gender related thing. Not so much. We find, we've looked at outcomes from how often kids get in trouble. How often do they smoke? Do they drink? What are their grades in school? Do they go to college? Oh, that's such um, great news. You know, do they get colds more often? Uh-huh. Do they get pregnant? Do yeah. they get somebody pregnant? Depending yeah. on, um, on and on and on. Do they wear their bike helmet as <laughs> often? All of these different outcomes, and kids in single mom and single dad families just aren't very different. Is on it, those things? Is it? Is there a difference when you put a single mom and a single dad? Or not? No. When, that sounds weird. When you put a mom and a dad in the same relationship, yes. so there is a big difference between. Moms and dads in a relationship versus just a single parent. There's a huge difference. The context really is what matters here. So in sociology, we think about it as doing gender. It's almost like you're enacting a script. Oh, yeah. I will now play the father role. Right. Exactly. And because of that, I will mow the lawn. Exactly. You should go play the mother role by hugging the child. Interesting. And so we do see 
big differences in how mother's mother and father's father in two parent families. Because they're role, they're role playing. Right. They're doing, they have to kind of play their role. Exactly. They know that society expects yeah. that role of them. And as soon as they don't have somebody to do gender with anymore to play that role, it's pretty scary for them yeah. initially, but they look around and say, I guess I have to do that. I can do that. I now. guess I have I'll to go discipline. Mow the lawn. Right. I have to discipline. I have to ask my kid how the, his or her day went. I've got to fill all of those roles. And it's hard. It is hard. And it, they probably could use another person uh-huh. around it and more more resources in that way. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a man or a woman. In that case. Isn't that... I mean, we're blowing up myths. Yeah. But these have held... You know, closely held. We think, yeah, yeah, we think it's held society together. Some of these. Now, I wonder the data that we look at have anywhere between eight and eighty thousand kids in them, and out of an eighty thousand kids survey, we'll find four hundred in a single dad father or a single father family. So it's a fairly small sample. It's a fairly small number. But when you're looking at huge survey data, you can ask questions like. How often do you drink alcohol? But you can't ask questions like, do you know how to use a curling iron? Yeah, it's, yeah, too, right. it's too small. That's but exactly. I wonder, you say you know more yeah. than anyone should know about oh, women. Yeah. Oh, man. You might know oh. more about how to oh. correctly you know, get somebody's hair yeah. up for prom than I do because uh, I grew up with a single dad. And yeah. we, maybe we haven't been able to look uh-huh. at fine enough outcomes right. yet. Like I know what conditioner's for. I know... No, I don't. Um, <laughs> it may condition so, things. It, it, it makes, yeah, it softens. It makes you glow and glisten. Um, but I love, I love that it's not, you're not bound because some people mm-hmm. didn't choose to be single, right? Right. Dad died, mom died, divorce, abuse, stuff. I mean, exactly. So those that are out there could just be like, yeah, I'm a bad parent. But single parents have a ton of power, just as much power as any parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it, they might really long for more resources. Uh-huh. And that's that's the major difference we find between single moms and single dads is that the dads usually have more money. Mm. And, and the moms are longing for some of those yeah. resources. And some of those resources are going to be social resources. They wish they had somebody else to pick the kids up. They wish they had somebody uh, to, to listen to the kids yell, well, they go and take a quiet moment so they don't end up yelling. Right. And they are missing those things. And that is really hard. Yeah. But they're not necessarily missing something that they can never have Interesting. because of their gender. I love that. That's it's uh, hopeful. Yeah. Talk about uh, moms and dads, singles. Does a single dad parent dramatically different? I mean, do they do things differently than the single mom? They really don't. Uh, the most interesting thing we found about that, looking at parents of kindergartners okay. who are in single parent families, so really little kids yeah. still, a little older than having to have your diaper changed in a pizza place yeah, maybe, right. But, yeah, right. but still pretty young kids who still need a lot of oversight and a lot of, of caretaking. And the biggest difference we found is that moms are more likely to sing to their kids. Really? And dads are more likely to play games or play sports with their kids. But then when we tried to use those items to predict how well they did in school, uh, when you go to kindergarten, do you know your numbers? Do you know your colors? It made no difference at all. Seriously. As long as they were spending some time with their kids, it didn't matter if they were singing or playing. What if you're not prone to uh, play sports, but you're more like, I'm more likely to dance with them? Sure. Not really, but we. But <laughs> I've noticed that I do throw my kids around. That sounds bad. I wrestle with them. Mm-hmm. I play with them. I tackle them. I actually. But then I notice they. I have boys. I have one daughter and five boys. But the and they, so they're touching me more. I'm touching them more. I'm interacting. Right. I'm more physical with them. 
Yeah, and in the kindergarten data, we found that both moms and dads reported that they touched their kids. They hugged, they massaged, they Mm -hmm. patted their heads and put to bed. Unfortunately, they spanked about as much as each other. Yeah, they really do. Because again, you'd think the dad is the spanker. The dad's the disciplinarian. Whereas it turned out that moms did that just as often. Now, interestingly, looking at older kids, we wondered, well, what if you're a single dad of a daughter? Yeah. Or a single dad of a son or or those kinds of things. And we didn't see much difference in the kindergartners. So we wanted to look at something that we thought, you know, our dad's not going to want daughters to date. That's right. Well, and and yeah, because we always hear what an important role the dad plays in a teenage girl's life. And we were worried. What what if a single dad doesn't want to talk to his Uh daughter about sex or about puberty or things like that? And it turned out there were no differences. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing? So is that that we're just that adaptive? Are we just adapting? I think it's it's both true that we adapt and true that people who lack resources just kind of pull back in the same way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's still true that kids in two-parent families tend to do a little better on these kinds of outcomes we're talking about, sure. the kids in single-parent or step-parent yeah. families uh, or foster families or the kind that there's something about that normative two-parent environment that, that people find comfortable. But it, whether they're pulling back or whether they're just pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, they're doing it the same way. Wow. And really, we all, I guess, in the end, we're all just in survival mode, really. Yeah, we're all just people. And we're all just trying to pull back and survive with the resources we have. Yeah, and parents are just parents. They all want their kids to succeed. Okay, we're going to come back. Great, uh, great learning. We're we're, going to take a break. But again, don't be going anywhere. Dr. Michaela Dufer is going to continue teaching us. Again, sociology professor here at BYU. And we're learning how mom and dads parent differently, getting as many tips as we can on the way to uh, raising our kids. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Michaela Dufer is joining us, BYU professor, associate professor of sociology here at uh, on campus at Brigham Young University. She has her PhD from Ohio State University. She is a Buckeye. Definitely. And, Hang on, Sloopy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what else is here? I saw you're from, where were you from originally? I grew up in Boise, Idaho. That's right, Boise. So Bronco or Buckeye? Oh, that's cold. I know. That's really hard. Choose, um, your, choose your color. Choose your poison, huh? Yeah. I'm going to have to go. My dad is not going to talk to me after this. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to go with Buckeyes yeah, because I grew up, Yeah, I was in the marching band rather than on the football team, but yeah. the football teams in Boise play, the high school teams play on the Boise State Field. Oh, the blue field. Smurf turf, yeah, which <laughs> by the way is great to march on. I bet. But uh, so to me, that's what that stadium feels like, even though I'm really excited for their success, whereas the 110,000 horseshoe. Oh, how do you beat that? Come on. And you got Urban Meyer now. He's the great coach. It's so funny. I liked him when he was at Utah, even though I probably shouldn't say that, Uh being a BYU person. He was great. And then I just thought he was a horrible person in Florida. Why would you leave? An awful human being. And now it's welcome back, Uncle Urban. (laughs) So I'm I'm a bad person. (laughs) I'm a hypocrite. You are. Oh, Michaela, you're you're complex. (laughs) Complex. So talk about social capital, because um, that, that is, to me, it's... It's really, I think, what makes the world go round. Yeah, I think a lot of us are really familiar with financial capital, which is 
a, a thing or a symbol of a thing that you can trade for something else you want. So I could trade a dollar bill for a yeah, bottle of buck water. For buck. You could trade a house for a diamond, yeah. something like that. Not my house, but somebody's house. <laughs> somebody's house you could get um, a diamond. And out of that, um, smart people like Gary Becker, who won a Nobel Prize for this, came up with the idea of human capital, which is stuff that attaches to you personally that you can trade for a bottle of water. Interesting. So most of us trade skills or even credentials like degrees for a paycheck. That's right. That's right. Uh, Some people, I was just watching the U.S. National Swimming Championships this weekend, and their bodies are their human capital. They're shaped like arrows. Yeah, they're they're huge flat feet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The the Michael Phelps flippers. Exactly. They're just born with this kind of human capital that they can trade for something they want. Social capital requires at least two people. It's a connection that you have with someone else that you can trade for something that you want. And the classic things that sociologists have talked about trading are information and obligations and norms. So if you have a connection with another person, you can get information from them. There's really interesting research showing that uh, weak ties, people you don't know that well but you're still connected to, are better at helping you find a job than people you have strong ties to because they're a little bit outside of your network and they bring new information in. Yeah. Or obligations. You babysat my kids. Now I feel like I should babysit mm-hmm. your kids. And we're tied together in that way. Or norms that we teach each other. I have a, a five-year-old buddy in my cul-de-sac who knows that I know her parents. And so she knows if I see her doing something she's not supposed yeah. to, that I could tell her That's parents because right. I'm connected then there's parents. oh that is so great. So she knows the norms uh-huh. in our neighborhood, there's and she knows rules. that I'm I'm one of those people who can enforce those norms with her. Isn't we're tied that together. interesting? So that's so that's all social capital: yeah. information, obligations. obligation, and norms. Yeah, and yet, and and it could make you really successful, or not having that could put you in jail, right? Or yeah, it could not get you in people. trouble and lose trust. And yeah, there's a whole section of criminology that's interested in people not being tied to things, not being tied to institutions or yeah. other people, and believing that people are more likely to get in trouble because they'll break the norms of society right. if they're yeah. not tied to it at all. Well, yeah. What would you do if you if there were no rules? Right. Shouldn't you just take care of yourself instead yeah. of being tied to other people and taking care of them? No. Interesting. So what does this have to do with parenting? You know, it's interesting. What we've studied is how kids build social capital at home. And this was pretty new. Social capital was something that people used to talk about how you get a job right. or yeah. how immigrants how get started right. yeah. and they get to a new That's country, right. something yeah. like that. Assimilate, learn the language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we started looking at whether kids have their own social capital. And they do, uh, both with their parents, they're tied to their parents in various ways, mm. but tied to other members of their community, their neighbors, like yeah. we were just saying, right. um, people they might go to church with or volunteer with, things like that. And then we were interested in people they go to school with, both their peers and adults at their schools. Yeah. So one of the questions we have is, if you're weak in social capital at home for some reason, can getting social capital from these other settings help to make up for that? Does it? Yeah. So, so can other institutions, other learning opportunities, other right. relationships elevate your your social capital? Right. And powerful. it turns out What'd they're helpful, out? but the family's still the most powerful Is setting really? to build social capital. No, I've even yeah. heard that. I've heard so the best indicator of what you know your earning ability is right. your father's earning ability. His yeah, income or well, his skill set, his tool set for how he made money impacts the children. Yeah. And but so that, it, that, that would be human capital. 
Right. Social capital might be Same how we thing. interact, how we understand the norms. So how well you're tied to your own parents, how much they're involved in your lives, how well your parents tie you to other adults in their lives. Uh-huh. Uh, we call it social closure. Do your parents know your friends and do your parents know your friends' parents? Oh, and if you get yeah. that little kind of cube uh-huh. closed where everybody in the system knows everybody else, kids Are have protected. a way better time. Yeah, Isn't that fascinating? It really would be because you got more eyes on you. You've right. got more rules. You've got, and, the, and then the rules are started to be shared. Exactly. Your friends now have the same. Yeah, now it's not just a rule anymore. It's a norm. Yeah, it's a norm. It's, now it's, it's part, part of being of, part of that yeah. group. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that fascinating? And it's fascinating just to think about things like electronic media, social media, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people argue that that's breaking down our social capital. It's, it's easy for me to talk to somebody in Tanzania yep. instead of talking to my neighbor. Uh, other people argue that it brings us closer together. Right. Um, maybe you shouldn't call your kid on the cell phone when they're driving in the car. That's right. But you could all text after the car's parked. So you, mm-hmm. you can stay better connected with each other. Facebook, people stay connected with people they went to high school with. Well, isn't it interesting that kids are pulling off of Facebook? So as parents are getting on, right. kids are pulling off. It's not cool anymore. So <laughs> is, that, is that them not wanting to be as bound by this social network? I think that's part of it. They don't want the oversight of the parents. And that's a really interesting question. We talk about what it means for parenting. And I think parents are really interested in how to do things like build social capital. How can I give my child an advantage? Kids are a way tougher sell. Oh, yeah. You should be tied to your your parents' friends. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't sound like as much fun. They want independence, don't they? So then there's the battle of independence and interdependence. So social capital helps us with interdependence. Right. Right. I, I guess, too, it's an independent skill. It helps you be a better individual. And it, it, if we do it well, it can help older kids, at least adolescents, start to do both of those things at once. Yeah. So I think of my nieces and nephews who, if they're mad at their mom, can call me. Yeah. And so they're interdependent with different people and they expand that network and they That's still true. have support even yeah. as they're trying to pull away yeah. from their family of origin. And there's still norms for you right. to maybe report back to parents that, yeah. you know, you might be losing her. Right. You might want to pick up this. Or you might want to take it easy. Yeah, this is actually off. a really Time good kid and, and maybe you don't realize how you sound Isn't that, to this kid. So really when they say it takes a village, right? this is really just the research about. saying – it does take a village. It really does. And it's not just enough to get your kids to be to have human capital, to be able to go make a dollar. Right. They also have to be able to play in the game. Right. And some of that is using social capital to build human capital, that information right, right. issue. But some of it's just being connected to other people. It isn't only skills of being no. able to deal with somebody else. It's being part of a social system. Yeah, having friends. Right. Being a friend. Being a friend, uh, having role models, mm-hmm. people you want to grow into, having people you can trust, yeah. and, and learning how to trust people in other settings. And you see the the family breaking down, and as the family breaks down, then I would assume social capital starts to break down. We it start does. to not have a box around us where my friends, I know my kids' friends, I know their parents, we go out to dinner. I mean... Then it starts to disintegrate a little bit. Right. And then you try to get it in other settings that weren't necessarily built to have that function. That's true. So you th- And I'm grateful that we have these things. But you think of things like uh, free school lunch yeah. that's there because families have broken down and can't feed their children. Right. And, and families were more designed to do that kind of thing. We might look at school lunch and go, that doesn't seem like a really good 
lunch, but it's because it wasn't designed right. to provide lunch. Um, I know people have really different feelings on something like sex ed in the schools. Mm-hmm. But when you survey health teachers, a lot of them say, I would really rather not be teaching this. Oh, yeah. This isn't fun for me Let's either. Let's have the parents do it. Right. But, but, the but they're doing it doing because it. the parents weren't doing it. And so they're taking on a function they weren't designed for. Mm-hmm. And maybe it isn't ideal. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of thing with social capital. It's wonderful to have students tied to their teachers. And it's wonderful. It's one of the reasons we think sports are good for kids because right. they're tied to That's other adults. right. right. But it's even better if they have that in their families, too. It's so true. And it seems like in a kind of a it, it, we don't get that impact of it. Like we could give you a meal. Right. But there's the subtle social train socialization process that they may not be getting by getting a lunch or by getting by even going to play a sport. Right. You hand a child a a lunch and they can go and sit down and eat it, but that's not quite the same as sitting down with their parents and talking about Mm -hmm. their day. That's one of our measures of social capital is different discussions that parents have with their kids. And that turns out to be huge in connecting parents and children together. It's And again, it seems just so overlooked. Like, I guess it's so subtle. You're not noticing. It's not on the radar. Even even if we know we should talk more to our kids. A lot of us don't know what we're talking about. Like, right. what would be the valuable thing to bring up in a social capital conversation? You know, it's interesting. The things that we're able to measure are things like talking to your kids about school, yeah. talking your kid to your kids about future plans, talking to their, your kids about who their friends are mm-hmm. and where they are when they're not with you. But at the same time, there's some indicators that maybe it doesn't matter right. what you talk to them about. Just talk to them. Yeah. And you mentioned that it seems obvious. We presented some of this research at a conference, and a Scottish economist stood up and was very, very (laughs) angry about it and said, well, this is silly. We shouldn't study this. All parents love their children, and all parents try to take good care of their children. And I just started laughing, uh, which probably was not the greatest response in a professional setting like that. (laughs) Come on, focus, Michaela. (laughs) But but just this idea, it's not true that it's everybody not. knows to do this no. or, or it's not true that this feels natural for everybody and so those those moments that seem silly but are actually really precious when you're all in the car together mm-hmm. and just to talk about anything and just to laugh or and, and to respond to what's on the radio and right. what you just saw on the corner what ha- i mean there's there's a lot and that's i guess modeling then they start to see your reaction to life, and that's probably the real socialization process. Right. Every, And I know this isn't true for every child, but every young person that I come into contact with today wants to talk about the Marvel movies. They oh, want yeah. to talk about Captain America or Iron Man. That's okay. Yeah. Talk to them about that. They'll pick up all kinds of things about what you think about how expensive movies are or what you think about the morality in the movies or or just that you like something yeah. else other than that. You're talking to them about anything. It's almost the process matters more than the curriculum, right? right. It's just Just like the single there. moms and single dads. It didn't matter if they sang or if they played games with their kids. It mattered that they were with them. So quality and, and I, I guess quality and quantity, really. Right. Wow. Dr. Michaela Dufer, we're going to take a break. More from, um, really... A, a parenting whisperer, a child whisperer. The, the uh, Michaela Dufer is going to continue talking to us again, associate professor from the Department of Sociology here at Brigham Young University. More on social capital and parenting when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, in the house, Dr. Michaela Dufer is joining us, and she is an associate professor uh, in the Department of Sociology at Brigham Young University. Again, Ohio State University alum, PhD and master's from there. It's true. We're hoping for a little Heisman Trophy this year. Yeah. I, I also have a feeling the people in Idaho, uh, in Bronco Central, Boise, Idaho, they're going to be ticked. I'm going to hear about this from my dad, although we do have a Christmas tree of each color in our house. Do you At Christmas really? time, we do. My brother lives with me, and so he decorates the Boise State one. <laughs> I decorate the Ohio State one. Wouldn't that be a great bowl game? That would. That would kill your I would your pay family. money to watch that. It would. Everybody, I would have to just lie down. That's right. Just <laughs> breathe. Breathe. So we've been talking about parenting, moms versus dads. We, basic outcome there. Everyone's different, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think being invested in your children, regardless of what you think you have to be invested in them, is the key. Some people have two parents in the home. Some people don't. Yep. Some people... Uh, we were saying before, sing to their kids or, or play sports with their kids. Some people have really natural connections to lots and lots of other people they can bring to their kids. Some people have to work at it, but it's that trying to be invested that makes a difference. So if you're struggling as a parent to get invested because you work, because of time, because of you don't, you're overwhelmed, you don't have the resources, um, what are some ways that we can bring, what resources have you seen that can be brought in to help us grow and strengthen social capital with our children? I think there are a couple of different contexts that we can think about. Yeah. One of them is what you can do personally yourself in your kitchen yeah. tonight. Right. And so even talking about little things, it's again this discussion it's and this conversation with right. kids. And even if it's something as small as... What do you want to plan for dinner next week? How can you help out? Um, you didn't seem to like what we did yeah. last night. Uh, just little tiny things, even if it is talking about a movie or talking about something you know that they're hoping mm -hmm. to have happen. Any little bit like that can build kids up. I think the other context is how you can connect other adults uh -huh. to your kid. Uh, some of that is being conscious of what's going on around them. Do they like their teachers? Are their teachers invested in them? What other kinds of settings do they have? Do they hang out with their friends' parents, even if they don't want to talk oh, yeah, to you? Right. Uh, but are there ways that you can connect them more yeah. to other adults? And if you can see your children really do connect to other adults... That's enjoy a, that. that. Enjoy that. And in fact, embrace it, grow that. Yeah, absolutely. I know that that can be a little bit hard... Um, I can see myself being a little jealous. Yeah, competitive of that about even. It, yeah. Why do you only yell at me, but you love to hang out with that parent right. or that adult? And that's a hard thing, but those are things are almost always temporary. Yeah. Um, they talk about the seven-year itch in marriages, which we know now is a, a real thing. Yeah, true usually fact. Yep. People who stick it out, fascinating research where people who say they're unhappy in one year on a survey in their marriages – if they stay with the marriage a couple of years later, they yeah. say they're very happy. It, it's like a sine wave. Same thing's true with talking to kids. Yeah, change, change is going to happen. And development's going to happen. And maturity right. is going to happen. So your fights at 10 yeah. will be completely different. One of the You'll things, have just different fights at 15. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and you'll still have different fights at 40 Yeah. or arguments. So um, one of the things I studied a lot was social constructionism. and mm -hmm. constru So basically what the conversations are doing, it's, 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 uh, it's constructing – Identity. Yeah. It's constructing meaning with them. You're co you're co managing what life means. Right. So it's not just talking. It, That's subtly true. you're creating. You're helping them build social. You're building social capital, but they're building their identity. They're and, building and their social world. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's really interesting because part of what you're doing 
if you're communicating well, talking with them instead of just at them, yeah. is understanding their social construction of reality. Yes, it's so important. That's probably half of what the fights are about, exactly. is not understanding the perspective yeah. of the other person. And teenagers are not stupid. No. Kids are not stupid. They know very well what they define their worlds at, as. Yeah. And that may not be how we define them. And if you want to influence them, you have to know how they define it. So right. once you, it's the code. Listen to them. They'll tell you their code. Right. Then you might have more power, more influence. What you could share. Let's share this. Let's show you this. And that's sharing norms that's at that right. point. We really talk about that like a top-down kind exactly. of thing. Let yeah. the adults Here tell you what the norms. norms are. Right. That's right. But you can grow those norms together. I love that. And that, I guess, is now all of a sudden, that's, that is what the relationship ends up becoming. This subtle belief in that norm right. or those obligations. Mm -hmm. And you may have different obligations. I mean, not every family has the exact same obligations, right? Or not every norms. family has the same exact norms. Right. Yeah. People tend to be working within their societal yeah. norms, but that doesn't mean you have to accept them. It's, I mean, yeah, there might be a norm that whatever you do, you don't, you know, you don't walk in the house with your shoes. Right. Now, the, nobody talks about it, but you're all you pay, familiar with if it. If you pay attention, right. you'll know that. Uh, your family rules, your family norms, and being able to construct that reality with the kids' input. Uh, social capital is a two-way street. Yeah. Is there a downside? Is there a negative? We talked a little bit off air about, is there a negative social capital? You know, we're trying to study that now. This is actually kind of a new There's uh, debt. New component Financial of, capital right. has debt. Uh, and at the same time, we're not quite sure that there's negative human capital, anti-knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, and right. so we're trying to figure out, is there any such thing as negative social capital? And people might say, I know some of my friend's kids. I, I don't want them tied to that right. kid. That's negative social capital. Uh, we study things like gangs yeah. and, and try to look at, you know, people are very, very tightly c connected together in, in gangs. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? And again, it really depends on the context within the gang. It's really good to be connected up. They take care of each other. Oh, there's an incredible set of expectations and norms. Right. I mean, there's a lot. It's all there. Right. But outside of the gang, uh -huh. you'll be punished right. for having those connections. And so that's something that we're still a, a little bit unsure of. It's probably better to try to build more social capital with your own kids, mm -hmm. talking to them about your concerns with those kinds of things, than trying to cut off their social capital right. with peers you're a little more concerned about. Well, and um, I guess, too, you might want to go understand what's the draw to the gang. I mean, there's right. some information there that you might be able to work with. Uh, talk about what's the negative expense of ha not having any social capital or not, not, being, not having enough social capital. What happens to a child that hasn't grown up with a strong sense of social capital? You know, it's interesting. We're working on some research right now looking at college enrollment mm. and college completion and how does being connected to these adults in their lives, oh. does it have a long-term effect, I guess, is one way to think about it. And it turns out that it's true. The social connections that they make in junior high and high school are related to things like going to college, enrolling in college. Yeah. And you can see how that's true with norms uh -huh. and with information. The information's easy to see. How do you apply to college? How do you pay yeah. for college? How do you... Enroll? How do you register for classes? Somebody help me. That's not something that you just learn by right. osmosis. Oh, no. Um, there's no, I can't remember a TV show where they devoted a lot of yeah. time to we how will you enroll talk in about, classes. Right, exactly. Uh, and so that's information that people who've been through the experience can share. But one of the things that I find really touching because it's so easy for any adult to do is an expectation that you share with oh. kids you're connected to. So rather than saying, are you going to college, asking them, what college are you going no, to? No, that happened to me. So really? my, my, I had a, 
just a, a friend. He was a member of my church that would, you know, he was he was responsible to hang out and mm-hmm. teach these young men. So how old were we? 16 to 18 year olds. And I remember going in his backyard, by the way, where he had a putting green. <laughs> so he obviously was doing okay. And I remember him saying, oh, so where are you going to college? Yep. And I thought, uh, I don't, I don't know that I'm right. going to college. I had never really thought I was going to college. I didn't, we didn't do that. And he, he basically said, he basically just set the obligation. Oh no, you're going. Right. You're, it seems you're like going. the tiniest thing. It's Subtle. just a, a different way of wording something. Yeah. It might have been what you meant in your head, mm-hmm. but so important to that kid yeah. to have that obligation set and to know that with the way those social ties t- close, there's a little safety net around uh-huh. them, that that safety net knows that they can do that. Is there a, is there a downside? I can almost hear some parents out there, I don't like to over-obligate. I don't like to mm-hmm. set too many rules and I want my child to just find life and find life when it comes to them. And um, what do you say? I I guess I'd first of all acknowledge I'm a little more of a control freak than that. So you you enjoy that. I don't want to take that away from you. But talk to your kids about the life they're finding. Be really involved with them as they do it and be really involved in talking to the other people they're finding life with to make sure that you build that social capital with them. It doesn't have to be a top-down no. kind of experience. Grow it with them. And you can't just put them away in a closet. Right, to discover life. They, they need to have life, and then they kind of need you to bounce off, bounce it off with them and talk it over and work it through, right? Yeah. In an educational setting, we talk a lot about reflection yeah. and, and make people do a lot of writing so that they can reflect on uh-huh. the things that they've read or the things they've experienced. It's the same kind of thing with talking with your kids. They can go out and experience a bunch of things, but you might be responsible for helping them reflect. What do you, um, we have about 20 seconds. So Michaela, we always ask, what's the one thing that makes, that is the big thing? So when you think of single parenting and social capital for any of us as parents, what's the one thing that makes the biggest difference with our children? It sounds like such a cliche, but that it takes a village uh, little trope is really, really true. Stitch together a safety net where your kid could at any time feel like there's someone for them to talk to. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Again, Dr. Michaela Dufer, uh, go look her up. D-U-F-U-R if you have any questions. You'll see her articles. They're they're awesome. You can find them on our website, too, at Brigham Young University. So appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Really, really powerful topic. Parents, you're making a difference. You're making a difference. You're teaching social capital, at the very least. They're learning how to interact with the world through you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about parenting. We're going to get a few more lessons from parents right after this break, right here on BYU Radio. everybody and welcome to the Matt Townsend show. I am your host Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, my friends, we're talking about parenting 101 and the impact you can have as a parent. We've all had those crazy moments where we've said something like, you know, we just said whatever and then we think, "Oh man, I sound just like my mother." Or I sound just like my father. Sometimes I actually sound like my father. My fa- my voice sounds like my father's voice. 
And my sisters were like, oh my gosh, you sound like dad. And I'm like, well, get to your room. <laughs> Make them all mad. So today on the show, uh, right now, we're going to have Maddie and Aaron teach us, you know, about how parents sometimes, we just, we we say, I guess, I mean, we, we have a lot to teach, but the kids don't always listen. But you guys apparently have listened to your parents and you've learned. Well, and for the parents out there who think their kids aren't listening, your kids are. Are they and, listening? And, and I mean, there there's these lessons that I learned from my parents I didn't realize that my parents had been teaching me something or that I would learned something or picked up something from my parents oh, wow. until way down the road. So, Are your parents listening today? Um, I don't think so. You didn't call them? Because no. Because this is, this, is this is a big moment. Well. This is where you're admitting. <laughs> maybe they, maybe that they they're shouldn't having be an impact. No, no. They, my parents know. I, I try to be pretty vocal. I don't know if Aaron is, but I try to be pretty vocal. My Aaron. mom listens. She miss, she listens sometimes Does to she? the no, this parents, wonderful show. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes my parents listen. I this don't wonderful make them show. I appreciate yeah. you adding. No, that. it really <laughs> like it's part the best part of their day is <laughs> when they listen. Yeah, your parents have a pretty bad life. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part of their day. Yeah, they I'm just play kidding. the show and repeats. You know. Yeah. Throughout the day. Throughout the day. <laughs> so, uh, what what have you guys learned? Aaron, do you, you first to me. I have a story to tell. If that's yeah, cool. Yeah, tell it. So uh, when I was in second grade, I was playing on the playground. <laughs> And I was playing some soccer, and I heard a really interesting word from a friend, a word I'd never heard before. Was it was your friend James? No, this was because James talks I like a James. sailor. Yeah, exactly. I know. I learned that later, but I actually did hear some sailor talk, and ended up finding out a new word and started repeating it everywhere oh, I went. Wow. Anyways, my, the principal found out. I had to go in the office and get in trouble. My parents found out, and then I couldn't go see Toy Story <gasps> on opening night in the theater. Oh, man. And I was just bummed. And that stuck with me so strong, but I realized, you know, my parents, they wanted to have me around good influences. Yeah. And the movie I was going to was with this friend who taught me the word. Oh, wow. So they're like, nope, you can't go. And I was so mad, but and I still keep in contact with this friend. But, do, you, do you still use the word? Um... <laughs> No, I don't. I, I've decided to to move on Good. from those dark moments in my life of childhood. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, and by the way, because you've got a very clean mouth. Well, thanks. <laughs> your your parents. Well, we talk about good, the right? The dentist agrees. The dentist. Uh, Nine yeah. out of ten dentists agree. <laughs> I, yeah, never had braces. So. Uh, have you? Did you ever get? Did you ever get reprimanded? Oh yeah. For swearing? Well, no, not for swearing. I never, I never swear. I remember one time I was playing basketball by myself, uh, which was the only way I could win the game. <laughs> and my mom came out and said, what did you say? And I'm like, what? <laughs> she said, I heard what you said. And I didn't say anything. <laughs> I did, I probably did. I, I used to do my own play-by-play. Oh. While I was playing. Okay, that's cute. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'd go, wow. So he scores. She probably heard so something. she probably thought there was a swear word. Somewhere. The sportscasters oh, who were covering their game yeah. had had uh, bad I'm, language. I know. Yeah. No. It was it Al Michaels. Me, it was Al Michaels. It was Al Michaels. <laughs> it wasn't you at all. No, I um, never got in trouble for swearing. Good. Good. But I, I did. I didn't swear. I got in trouble for okay, doing for something not I didn't do. For swearing. Okay, yeah, let's just get it. that clear. I don't okay, swear. You were the youngest, right, Matt? I was the youngest. And by the way, my why. wife yeah. has never sworn. Wow, that's impressive. Let's Good see, that's her. what tasing can do. <laughs> that's what growing up with a taser She's has. never that's sworn in her life, <laughs> which is great. So what did you get corrected on? So my parents taught me lots of lessons, and, I mean, they're funny ones. Like, one of our rules growing up was don't sing at the table. <laughs> Hold on. Was my, that a problem? Yeah, that was a, that was a big problem. My brother and I would sing at the tables, get together <laughs> for dinner, and we'd sing Disney really? songs. And finally it became a rule at our house, and it still is. Really? Like, I'll go home and... 
and my sis- my little sister will come to the table and she'll be singing a song and she'll sit down and my mom will be like, what's the rule? Don't sing at the table. Wow. So that's something that I learned, I guess, a little bit of manners from me is That's an interesting, I, that's a table. rule I've never <laughs> even seen a need for. But it's funny. I didn't think anybody but us, like my family had that rule. I've met other people whose family has that rule. My family has that rule. That's why James and I really? are going to get married because yep. <laughs> we both have problems singing at but the you, table. <laughs> that's amazing. See, my our, the rule is like close your mouth when you eat. That's the rule that we use at <laughs> our house. See, we wouldn't eat because we'd be so busy singing. Yep. And it would, I my gotta be couldn't talk. <laughs> yeah, well, I, like even there was a rule. I, I wouldn't. I wasn't able to talk to one of my brothers at the table because <laughs> we would get so sidetracked that we would just talk the entire time. No, that's so funny. Okay. No, that's a good rule. It's a, it's a rule we had that's at my house. Rule. So that's something I learned from my parents. What else What else did we learn? Um, the other one that I thought could think of that was really big for me that I didn't realize I would learned this kind of intense rule until I got to college. Um, my mom is really clean. Our house is always really clean, really, really organized. And I didn't think much of it growing yeah. up because I thought everybody's house was clean. <laughs> and I remember my mom would, if it got really, really messy, we'd go to school and we'd come home and all of our stuff would be on the table and she'd be like anything that's here when you go to bed gets thrown away wow and i was like that's mean that's so mean like that's a good hurry grab my stuff and i didn't realize how big of a deal that was until i had to do it to my roommates because their stuff was all over our living room all over our kitchen i got so sick of it piled it up on the living room rug and i was like wrote a note i was like hey guys love you anything that's here i will throw away (laughs) red rum red rum that's murder backwards that's scary you were scary did your eyes glow when you said that (laughs) no but i mean it's just so funny that this need for having clean Uh uh, that's an effective way to get people to clean their stuff up oh sure if you really care about it come get it off the floor that's, I mean, it's something that I learned from my parents. I didn't think I Hold would on. implement in my life ever. I just got I feel like I got to clean up. I'm cleaning up. <laughs> I'm cleaning clean up. This up Matt? Holy cow. It's a mess in here. That's a good, um, wow. No, that's a good mom. It's, though. it's a good mom and a very effective way to get people to decide what's important to them. If it's yeah. important, don't leave it out because it, it's going to sit here and then it's going to get thrown away. I learned to iron. Oh, that's a good one. I don't want to brag, but I'm a. Pretty big deal. No, your kind shirt. Kind of a big deal. Oh gosh. But uh, your shirt looks very nice. Thank you. Today I didn't even iron it. Oh. Well. This isn't even my shirt. <laughs> you know there are shirts you don't have to iron. I know. I've 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 been buying shirts that I don't have to iron, but I have this need to iron now. However. I can bring my clothes and you can iron. Everywhere mine. I go. So that's the key. I'm becoming. That's what. I, that's one thing I know I'm really good at. That's great. And it's because my mom. That's great. That's a wonderful mom. And my sister, because she used mm-hmm. to iron her money. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was a waitress. That's dedication. And she'd like iron her dollar bills every night. That's a dedication right there. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That's fine. It's funny. I like it. Uh, I learned how to put a parking brake on a car. Turn, put on the parking brake? Mm-hmm. I actually learned to use the parking brake because my mom, I, I, I got in the car and then I took the parking brake off of our Mazda and I rolled out. I was sitting in it. I was probably six. Oh, and no. I rolled backwards out of our driveway while well, oh, my whole family was no. at the front porch. I just waved to them. <laughs> and I backed out across the street, up onto the neighbor's lawn, and into their bushes. No. Yeah. Oh, man. Parking brake. That's a good... I've never... I don't use parking brake ever. I learned from my sisters um, how to touch a hot cigarette lighter. Oh, you learned really bad things. Aaron and I learned good things. I know. It's like... Clean mouth, know. clean house. You learned horrible things. But, you know, your finger's pretty clean once it's burned. <laughs> I believe it. I learned to burn my finger. 
I learned a lot of good stuff. I learned to climb on the roof and oh, do the air goodness. conditioning. You had a crazy I learned to break life. into my house. That explains. I had two or three different windows I could break into. Explains so much. Why By the way, the that way. actually worked out really well when you burn off your finger of prints. <laughs> mm-hmm. I now no longer have prints, yeah. which makes breaking and entering a lot easier. <laughs> so easy. See, it's a family business. That's called social capital. <laughs> That's great. I'm so it's happy called social you. capital. Uh, well, great lessons from your parents. You guys have incredible parents, really. I do, do too. We have great parents. We do. Hmm. By the way, my mom's still single. I thought Mike was taking care of that. Well, apparently not. Well, who are you? So I'm looking at James. Hey. <laughs> are you guys still dating? Hey. Do your parents know about each other? Well, if they listen to the show, they do. So you've never brought each other home to mom and dad? Well, considering the fact that my parents live in Kansas, it's kind of difficult to do that. So. Yeah. And my parents hate people, so. It's, this is a national show. International. Oh, what? What? oh wait. Satellite radio. <laughs> well, good stuff. Uh, uh, appreciate your work, guys. And we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, guess what? Jenny Layton from uh, The Happy Gal is going to be taking us on a journey through why parenting is so important and why parents matter. It's going to be about quality, folks. Or is it about quantity? We're going to find out from Jenny Layton after this break. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking about parenting and how to make your parenting make a difference. Who better to help us on that than Jenny Layton from thehappygal.com, a great website. If you haven't been there, you got to go there. Uh, One time, just so you know, just for fun, she brought in some, uh, well, she and some of her friends brought in some treats that were so good. That uh, since that day, she hasn't come back. I think Sarah brought those in. Yeah, actually. Sarah Gowns brought them in. But she, she, Jenny Layton, is on the phone with us. Jenny is a mom of five kids, married to a wonderful man, uh, lives in um, Kaysville, is it Utah? Jenny, are you there? Yeah. Yep, Kaysville, Utah. Yeah, I can. Yeah. How's the blog going? Thehappygal.com. It's going. Do you feel pretty happy? Do you feel good? (laughs) Yeah. Happiness, it ebbs and flows, but the general atmosphere is happy. Yes. And your cookbook, Healthy Eating the Happy Gal Way, we have apparently tried something from the cookbook, and it was to die for. Yeah. So it made us very happy. Yep. I'm glad. Mm. Eat healthy. Again, Jenny, anytime you want to come down. Or just, you know, mail something in. We'd That's be there for you. That's what I was going to say. Is it my presents that you want? Well, presents yeah. is in my... Yeah, presents with a T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a C. Is it my food? <laughs> I want your presents as well. But again, I just want to be able... I want to pitch your cookbook, and I can't pitch it with a good heart unless I've tried enough <laughs> things. Well, I wanted to come down today. I should have done it. No, no, no. But... You're, you live far away. You're a busy woman. I do. You're, I have. Speaking of parenting, I have a house full of kids. And do you today's so? But if I'm a betting man, you're actually not even in your home. If I'm a betting man, you're sitting in a car in a parking lot about a block <laughs> from your house. Are you spying on me? Uh huh. I am. I've got you on my block away. Find my iPhone. 
you... they, they'd find me if I was a block away. <laughs> yeah, you have to go to the mall, sit by the mall. Hey, um, you are you have five kidlets. Yeah. So you know what you know how hard this parenting thing is. Yeah, it, I was thinking how funny it was. I remember when I had my first one. And we were getting ready to leave the hospital. And I thought, I can't believe they're just letting us walk oh, out of here with this child. I thought the same thing. Isn't that amazing? Like, do you guys not know how negligent I am? How <laughs> well, they, backwards they I am? training for anything else you do in life, but with the most important thing you'll ever do, mm-hmm. anybody can do it. And you, you just walk out the hospital with this person that you're responsible for. So. Oh, yeah, I totally know it. And then you're supposed to just know how to do it, right? You're just supposed mm-hmm. to go... And and it, everyone always says, yeah, you, you know, you'll figure it out. But do you ever feel like you're not figure, you're not getting it? Well, it seems like if there should ever be something that we shouldn't have to do trial by error, it should be mm-hmm. raising human beings. Yeah, but yeah. of all I, things you'd want to like get right. Seems to be the plan, though, that that's how it goes. So what do we? Like, what do you know that we need to know? Because. You got five kids, and with their friends over there, you probably have a compounded number, I don't know, 500 kids at your house right now. You know what? I know. I counted 11 kids when I left my house today. Well, that so. was, and then you left. And I left. So you just counted? Is that why? Number Is that like one. for a body count? You just needed number to know one. how many bodies you had left at the house. Because when you come back. I probably shouldn't admit yeah. that on air. Number one, don't leave. No. We've got that many kids at your house. Unless you've counted. I haven't learned that lesson yet. If, if you've counted them, then you can leave. <laughs> Then you know. That's a great trick. Yeah. I'm writing that down right now. Make sure you count before you leave. <laughs> that's a great. And then don't admit on air no. that you just left. Yeah. I mean, that's a hypothetical. That's number two. Yeah. You didn't really do that. <laughs> Maybe you don't want my <laughs> advice today. Wow. It's not seeming so happy anymore. It's, it's not going so well. Let's turn this thing around. Yeah. I want to I tell you a story, okay. actually. Because I, and I guess I'll preface it by saying some people step into this role just so gracefully and other people, it's just a bit of a shock. And I was one that just, I had to settle into it and I've had to really um, look for ways to make it meaningful. And especially cause I'm such a accomplishment oriented person. And, and at the end of the day of being a mother, you don't necessarily feel like you've accomplished much past right. changing diapers and cooking a meal. It's hard to have perspective in, in every day. And, and so I really appreciated this story that was shared at a class that I attended several years ago by a woman who had a husband that was really high up in a really successful company. In fact, I don't remember the company, but it was one that I recognized. So it was a pretty significant role that he played at that company. And he was in an airplane and crashed and died mm. unexpectedly. And the father of four or five kids, I can't remember for sure. But what stands out in my mind is as she was teaching this class and talking about the importance of parenthood, she said, you know, this job that he gave all of his time for two and with so much of his identity, they replaced him in a snap. Ugh. But to our family, it's, he can never, ever be replaced. Yeah. Isn't that good perspective? That's a great, yeah. I mean, and think so, of that. Well, we spent all of our energy climbing up the ladder of success and then boom then you get a watch when you're retiring yeah well and you know it's good for 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 a parent i mean you have to provide for your family and that's one of your roles but i think it's important to recognize that the greatest contribution you'll make to the world to society and and really to any human being is going to be successfully raising a family and because 
uh, and that that's going to bring me to kind of this quote that I wanted to share that I heard in another class that I. Hey, really you go to treasured. a lot of classes. <laughs> I'm an educated person. I know you just keep learning. I to learn how to be happy. That's right. <laughs> well, actually, this was this was more of a talk that I heard, but um, it was a religious leader that said, um, "What matters most is what lasts the longest." Mm. And I really connected with that because. You know, there's a lot of pursuits that we have that are all really um, good and notable and important, um, but they all take a lot of time to pursue all those different things. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I think about my Happy Gal blog and business that I love and put so much time into, but if, if it closed in the next day or two, you know, the world would still go on mm-hmm. versus, you know, like that example we used earlier, just what matters the most is is what is going to last the longest. And that's, you know, this guy that I married that's still sticking around. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Kids that don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. They just keep coming back home. And then the you older know. you get, the more, the, then they just keep bringing more with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just the, the, the problem grows. No. Anyway, I just, I just wanted to really emphasize that the most important thing that we can do is to raise a really successful family and to because if we have that perspective then we really want to invest more of our time into it and feel more validated in those efforts that aren't always recognizable sure why do you sense we i mean it seems like it's such an obvious thing we all know family Uh matters and yet they do exhaust us and maybe this is just the paradox of it all they exhaust us they wear us out that you don't necessarily get the validation you do from or the accolades you would from a degree or other, you know, professional pursuits. What, what, what do you hear from your the people on your blog about what's getting in the way? What, why are we so quick to give away something as valuable as this? I think a lot of it is just that you can't see the forest for the trees. You're so focused on the everyday and you don't get that opportunity to really reflect. And it's hard to see um, a lot of little effort, how it adds up to something big over time. And I'll just share a personal example. This is one I've kind of been reflecting on a lot the last few weeks, so I'm, I'm glad to have this opportunity to talk about parenting. Um, with my business that I've started in the last year and a half, that time to, to begin this business had to come from somewhere. Right. And so I was strategic and very um, focused on having my priorities straight, but it came, slices of it have come from personal time and from family time and from keeping my home running smoothly. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job, but a year and a half into this now, I'm looking back at it going, wow, I'm starting to see the impact of little moments that I've had to take from um, my family Yeah, that, that I can see now what those little moments add up to. And it's making me refocus a little bit on how much of a part of my life I want the business to be versus um, you know, have the time that it takes away from my family. Because again, I know that long term, the work that I do with my family is what's going to last. So true. And it's, and again, it'll get away with you. I mean, it'll get away from you because you don't, you know, life goes slow and then it mm-hmm. compounds. And then you look back and you've lost, you know, a minute every day is a lot of time over a mm-hmm. lifetime. And so, um, but it, I guess part of that is just, stay in focus on what you're looking for. Am I looking for the forest here or do I need to actually start pointing out the trees? Maybe that's Mm -hmm. sometimes why we need our spouse to, to say something. I think so. And I think, um, just 
being really present for the problems that maybe start to come up in the family, those are probably good warning signs that maybe you could shift your attitude towards parenting or the time that you spend there before there's anything too big that grows from that. Yeah. You know, any big problems. I think that's another good way. But it is. It's tough to, to keep your perspective. That's why your radio show is so valuable today, uh, Matt. Oh, man. Way to go. Jenny. <laughs> You're such you a pro. You just validated. <laughs> See, you just validated me. That, uh, that, but it really, that's kind of our goal is if I can just give you top of mind stuff to do right now, they can go home. Everyone can go home tonight and we can all be a little bit better at it. Don't get discouraged. I'm a loser. I'll never be good at this. Just go home, mm-hmm. do a little bit that we're learning and learn the happy gal way for heaven's sakes. And then, um, <laughs> Life will be just a little bit better today. So let's do this. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back more with Jenny Layton from the happygal.com website. Again, tons of resources there as well as just really good food. Uh, she just doesn't send it out very often. But um, also, by the way, a lot of great, uh, not just recipes, but to, that could make your life easier, but inside as well. We're going to come back more with Jenny Layton right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, on the phone with us right now is the happy gal, Jenny Layton from thehappygal.com. And today she's talking to us about parenting lessons and and just everything we need to know because Jenny has five children. She counted them, plus six she didn't even know, in her house (laughs) right now. She then got in her car, left something in the oven, and drove away. Don't forget that the iron was on. And with the iron on. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Wasn't there a soldering iron out there somewhere too? Wasn't somebody, Probably. Wasn't somebody doing some leather work <laughs> um, and they're doing some burning of leather? Hey, well, uh, here's here, here's the deal. I need your help, Jenny. Because, okay. by the way, Jenny, Jenny Layton, you may not have heard me mention this a thousand times. She wrote the cookbook, recently released, <laughs> Healthy Eating, The Happy Galway. Okay, here's a, here's something I just learned during the break. This is how informational and incredibly educational this show is. Have you ever heard of bruschetta? Have I ever heard yeah, of it? Yeah, you heard of it? It's in my cookbook. Oh, well, then, you, then good. I'm <laughs> at the right place. Uh, you know what? It's pronounced bruschetta. Yeah. Is that right, Sean? Yes. Sean says yes. Yes, bruschetta. Like that? I kind of have a hard time it's saying actually it that bruschetta, way. It, 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 Hold on, he's going to do it one more wrong. time. Just do it one more time, but do it, do it like you mean it. Bruschetta. <laughs> Did you hear that? I think you have to have some Italian in you to totally. pull that one off. And then he, give, he, he always, he always kind of, one of his eyes kind of tightens a little bit when and he went, it's like a bruschetta. Like <laughs> it's very, it's very I'll Italian. put in a little, a little plug for the cookbook. I have two bruschetta recipes in the cookbook. Mmm. Can I ask Jenny a question real quick? Uh, is it about I, food? Yeah, it actually I, is. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, I just noticed that you also have a lot of recipes for quinoa. Mm. Uh huh. I have never had it, so good, good. but I have some at home. I want to try it. I've never made it. What is uh, what does it taste like? Sean's and, had wa. He's just never had quinoa. Quinoa. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, it, I use it a lot as a substitute for rice because it's got some good nutrition in it and it's got like good protein in it. And so you just cook it pretty similar to rice. It takes mm-hmm. a little bit longer. And then I will serve like stir fry over it oh. or, mm. yeah, it's good. And there's some really, I don't have any quinoa salad recipes in my cookbook, but you can find some really good quinoa salad recipes. You seem like a quinoa salad kind of guy. Oh. So Sean put the keen in, in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> It's good, though. It's fun to have a new grain like that to eat. You know what? Well, I have a daughter who doesn't like rice, and I'm wondering if maybe she might like this instead, or is it too yeah. similar? Give it a try. It has a different flavor. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's the sim- it's a similar idea, but it's got a little different flavor. So so let, let me just, let's, that's it. So you, according to the happy gal, mm-hmm. you can throw her some quinoa, <laughs> or I just say let her eat chips. Okay. <laughs> and there's the two opposing um, yes Cheetos. I'd go right Cheetos. There. I'm gonna. I actually want to make the protein bars that we had. Yeah, because those I, were incredible. So I, they they I, they they were good. I can't remember what they even taste like though. It's been so long. <laughs> I call them no bake cookies. Um, they they taste a lot like no bake cookies. Yeah, they do. They, they were good. Sugars mm. in them, and they're really and they've got they're good protein source. So wow. But the the bruschetta bruschetta. I, see, I can't say it. No, that you way, just said it. You but, did a great job. But I feel silly, so I'm not going to say it that way anymore. <laughs> um, there's a great bruschetta chicken recipe, and then a bruschetta salad. Mm. And right now, with all the tomatoes and basil on, so good. So I don't know how we got on the subject, but it's it's really good. <laughs> um, you it started it. Comes back to food. <laughs> it always comes back to food with the happy gal. Why is that? Because you're you're really a coach. You're a you're an educator, and yet we always go to food with you. I think it's because you wrote the book. I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, Healthy eating the happy gal way. It sounds familiar. <laughs> it really is a great book. So here's the question, Jen. Um, we were talking about parenting before the break. Two yeah. very simple things because we always kind of get caught up whether we should have quantity or quality mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. What do you say? It's like bruschetta, bruschetta. You know? <laughs> I guess you need both Tomato, tomato. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think, so here's what I've come to personally learn is that I think you need both. Um, you know, we talk a lot, I think, in coaching about quality time because that's really purposeful and, and time that's crafted to meet um, certain priorities and values that you have. So I know on the show before we talked about like family meetings or, you know, scheduling service opportunities for your kids. I would call those kind of things right. uh, quality or yeah, the quality time. And I don't think that, I mean, that's clearly very valuable, but the quantity is something that I feel like, again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I just feel like I'm getting this new respect for because I have noticed that, when I'm very busy and my attention is in a lot of places, even when I try to make sure that I'm present with my, I'm spending time with my kids, my mind will wander other places. And the time that's supposed to be quantity ends up not being that great right. because, because I'm somewhere else mentally. Does that ever happen oh, yeah. to you? Uh, hello. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's, called, that's called lunch. That's afternoon. <laughs> that's every day of my life. Mm-hmm. But it's hard because outfit. then I feel bad, right? Then I feel like I'm not, what a bad parent. You can't even stay focused. You'd rather <laughs> play on your phone. You'd rather, I mean, then you start to feel guilty. But 
you gotta yeah. you gotta learn to be present. Well, I just think it's hard when I find that that's most difficult for me when I have a lot on my plate and I'm thinking, okay, I've got to get the kids to bed because I need to prepare for this conference and I, you know, needed to get a few other things done around the house. And then that quantity time is just really compromised because I'm not as patient and I am not wanting to seize those moments. I think that's another thing that is really important that I've come to appreciate about parenting is that the really good moment, the really good bonding time comes in those moments that just happen spontaneously. And that happens in quantity time most of the time. I mean, you can really craft a situation and, and mean to teach a certain lesson during quality time, but the kids know what you're doing and they're mm-hmm. not as receptive. Well, th- yeah, they have to be a part of it too. And just because it's scheduled doesn't mean it works for everybody. But yeah, I guess if, you, if you're spending enough time, you'll have a lot of little moments. I mean, I was just thinking even that movie um, that we watched as a family last night, we're sitting down and you know, you're not really interacting as a family, except, you know, in the middle, someone would throw a football at you (laughs) or someone Uh would walk in, we'd, we'd hit stop. And, but it's just, there's just little moments and it might be three times out of a movie or three times out of whatever activity that you, you have a powerful connection. And maybe that's what you need to do is make sure you're at least getting quality or quantity enough to, to allow things to just emerge. Yeah. I think, and I think we're really challenged right now in our culture because technology is so pervasive and it just occupies attention so easily for all of us. It's not just parents anymore. It's kids on their phones and playing games and things, and and that really detracts from that quantity time as well, too. It seems like, yeah, we used to sit down and default to, so how was your day? And that was our default. Now it's our default is just check your phone. Mm-hmm. Just everybody check your phone. So mm-hmm. the minute you all walk in, we'll come in from a, you know, a drive going to grandma's or whatever. We'll all walk in. Everyone will go and just sit, and immediately they're all just checking their phones. So if there's a way that you could maybe incorporate some family, I don't know, interaction, something, another habit. And part of that, I guess, is you just have to be present about it, be talking about it. Mm-hmm. And as parents, you have to really model that too. I just find that. You know, I don't know if all the listeners can relate to this because not everybody has a business. But for me, it's I might have deadlines or something I need to prepare. And I just have learned to close the laptop anyway or put down my phone anyway and just trust that with the, the time will come that I can prepare it. But right now is the time that I know that I need to be with my family. And that's what opens up those spontaneous moments where the real bonding can start to happen. And that's when you can really start to influence your kids. Oh, yeah. There's. There's another thing I wanted to share that I thought was really good. Um, so I can't remember his name, but he wrote, How Will You Measure Your Life? I, I know that's a big... You, you keep talking. I'll find forget. it. <laughs> okay. he's a, th- That book is phenomenal because it really talks about how the most important thing you can do with your life is raise a family. And he uses all of these business um, lessons that he's learned and applies them to that strategy to, to raising a family. Anyway, one of the things that he talks about Clayton is... Christensen. Clayton Christensen. Yes, yep. that's who it is. Yeah. He, he just talks about how in one point of the book, you never know when your child is going to be open and ready to learn a certain concept. Again, you can craft those situations, but who knows if they're teachable. But there, there's just going to come this moment when they're ready. 
And you want to be the person that is there with your child when they have the question or when they are feeling the need to know something new. You want to be that person there to influence them oh, yeah. so that they're getting the right information. And that's oh. another big perk of that quantity time. It's so true. That's uh, Clayton is a Harvard business professor, one of the you know most renowned business professors, I think, in the country. And he, um, I, I actually happened to go on a hike with his secretary, his assistant. Wow, was that I know, cool? It was weird. It was just weird timing because like he, they're friends with my brother-in-law, and we're on this hike, and he's he just sounds like a great man and a great boss that that walks his talk and really does what what he says he does. I mean, in the end, each one of us, you've only got so much time. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to measure your life one way or another, as he talks about. And in the end, you you kind of got to know right now how you want to measure it or it won't measure mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like I'm um, using a lot of different quotes and, and people, but one of the other things I like to think of is Stephen Covey says you don't want to lean your ladder up against the wrong wall yeah. and spend all that time climbing to the top of your ladder and realize that that wasn't what you wanted. It You didn't want to get to the top of that. Yeah, it's so <laughs> true. Ladder. And then you realize, uh, hello, not even the right location. Not even mm-hmm. what I want to be. And in the end, too, that's what I, I kind of I find really fascinating about a funeral is it becomes very real. Yeah. How you measure inspiring. your life is very real at the, you know, um, at the end. I think funerals are some of the most inspiring, um, I guess, educational times. Yeah, for all of <laughs> because, us. Because it really does just bring, I love that instant focusing on priorities and you just recognize really what does matter the most. So true. Jenny, you're the best. Well, thanks. I needed to hear that today. Well, and so we learned a lot. We learned a lot about what matters most is what lasts the longest. That's Russell Ballard, Elder Russell Ballard. And uh, quantity versus quality, we need both. And bruschetta, bruschetta. (laughs) All equally important. All equally important. Well (laughs) done, Jenny. And everybody, go listen. Go check out her website. I mean, thehappygal.com. And buy the book. Let me put in a quick plug, too. This is so cool, this timing. So um, in the next week or two, I'm going to be involved in this new mom summit, Ooh. which is a free online event. A lot of great topics for, especially for new mothers, but any, you know, any parent could benefit on how to balance your life. And I'm going to be sharing a lot of perspective on how you can really begin to find meaning and find yourself and really keep perspective Perfect. on your life. A lot of what we were talking about today. So. Is that is that just on your website? Just go to thehappygal.com and they can find out about that? Yeah, tomorrow we're posting a post and it okay. will have all that information about Perfect. how to register for that for free. So. Awesome. Jenny Layton, yeah. you're the best. Take care of your kids. Get Thanks, back. Man. Make sure the house hasn't burned down. <laughs> turn uh, off the iron. Got turn it. off the iron. Don't forget that. Both of them. <laughs> Jenny Layton's her name. TheHappyGal.com is her website. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about not what the kids say that's so crazy, but how parents say the darndest things. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. There's the hoedown music, which means Aaron's going to dance, which is what he was just doing. Uh, oh, 
Oh, he's doing a dance with your diploma. James has a diploma. A lot of call, a lot of people call them faux diplomas because they're <laughs> no, fake. No, he's qualified. It's a qualified fake diploma. <laughs> if any of you need one, give us a call one eight five five chat BYU. Hey, welcome back to the program. Here's how we're going to wrap this thing up. Everybody knows that kids say funny things, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when they're first learning to use complete sentences. By the way, the same is totally true with our staff here. <laughs> Once they started putting the sentences together, they say the darndest things. But today we're going to talk about our parents and how parents say the funniest things. Alyssa is here today to teach us what, Alyssa? What, what funny stories have you got for us? Okay, so first of all, I went to the Huffington Post. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Huffpo. And they have like the top tweets of the week from parents. Top tweets. Yes. So I looked some of those up, and these are from different weeks, but I have a couple for you. Okay. I think you'll like them. So this girl says, the shock and horror from my kids (laughs) upon hearing what a birthday suit actually is. Thanks for that one, Katy Perry. Oh, great. <laughs> Katie's birthday so suit. So maybe the radio was on and yeah. they heard a little bit. Yeah. And... and then they learned what a birthday suit is. Right, right. Yes. Wait, I'm confused. What is it? Oh. We'll, we'll tell you off there. Yeah. It's the suit you were born in. Yeah. Or the absence thereof. Oh. Thank you, James. <laughs> the yeah, PhD steps in. There we go. Sorry, I had to clarify. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so we have another tweet here. Um, this is the six-year-old, and she says, uh, what does sexy mean? And the mom says, it means mommy needs to turn off the bachelorette. Exactly. <laughs> the bachelorette, by the way, it, oh, teaching our one. children an entirely new vocabulary. Yes, yes. Turn it off. Okay, that's cool. Okay, um, the next one says. By the way, did you have a question about that one? Nope, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maddie Richard. She knows what still sex is. I don't, think, I don't think I want you to tell me anything okay, about good. that. Okay, Very good. Very good. Avoid the awkward moment. Smart. Okay. <laughs> Even though I am the king of awkward moments. You ruin dates. I ruin stuff. dates. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving awkward. on from the awkward moment. <laughs> but you know, so that's about a six-second thing. Yeah. Normally, it's like a three-second bit but that was like that went on forever that's what makes it awkward Mm -hmm. it felt like forever yeah right right. always does okay okay the next tweet my kids would drive me a lot less crazy if our minivan had one of those limousine privacy screens i could just roll up oh wouldn't that be great (laughs) (laughs) you're like kids i need a second mom mom no because my kids would just like they just knock on it mom mom then you'd wish you didn't have it anymore it's like that's like a bathroom doors for and that doesn't stop them oh my gosh Okay. Oh, this one's good. I like it. Um, my kids just offered to change bedtime to 5.30 if I pay them a one-time fee of a million dollars. So wow. I'm here asking you to give what you can. Yeah. They're, it's a fundraiser. <laughs> give, what, give what you can. Let's put these kids to bed at 5.30. Yeah, yeah. Kickstarter. Taking matters into their own hands. Yeah. That's a great idea, though. Um, we and could shut them up for $1 million. <laughs> cheap. Cool. Cheap. Cheap. Very cheap. Um, okay, and this is the last tweet. Just spent a full minute trying to scrub a freckle off my son's face. <laughs> I've done that. The, it's I've hard to that. tell. Well, it Food, is. Well, freckle, dirt. So, because like my dirt. boys, after summer, they just get this like dirt film. <clears throat> it's just skin from sunburns, tans. It's mm. just you can rub and rub. Steel wool usually works pretty well. I know. On those. Oh, you there should. you go. That's crazy. We were gonna get a sander out, a buffer. <laughs> 
This dirt just isn't coming off. <laughs> if you soak like your kids one. a long time, it comes off a lot easier. Yeah. yeah so we like to soak our there. kids. Yeah. Right. Okay, so these are just a couple from my own parents. <gasps> oh, um, really? From, yes. From Luann? Yes, and Scotty Boy. Luann and Scott. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so this first one is from my dad, and he has said, if you don't clean up your room, I'm going to throw your stuff out on the front lawn. Oh, yeah. I, ever, that's, you know, that's Parenting 101. Yeah. And first of all, that's saying something for him because he loves his lawn. Oh, like, really? We're the greenest lawn in the, so, in the neighborhood. So he Taking is Taking pride saying... in that lawn. <laughs> That he must have been mad. Yeah, like he's serious, <laughs> but he's never actually done it. We got too scared. We don't want our stuff strewn across the lawn. Do I? Because <laughs> oh, it's embarrassing. You never know what's going to end up there. Okay, my kids like stuff from your room, not just around the house. From your room. Okay, do you know what I've actually said? If you don't get your clothes on to my kids, <laughs> I've said this. If you don't get dressed, is this real? I'm going to throw you out on the lawn. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I've twice had to lock a kid out with half clothes. Mm. Hopefully it was a boy in the top half, right? It was, and uh, the police didn't laugh. Oh, okay. Twice. Well. Bad parenting, 101. From the Matt Townsend Show. I like it, though. Give us more funny things about Luann and Scott. Okay, so this other one isn't something that my mom says, but in the mornings when she's waking us up, she'll sing the cougar fight song. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. My mom does that too. Rise really? and shout. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Do they yeah. really? Yes. yes. All the time. So what does it sound like, Maddie? I'm not going to sing for you. No, Maddie, so just, what does it sound like? I'm not going to sing for you. Just give us like a, an angel. Just, 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 just <laughs> a, No, I am not going to mm, sing for just you. Just a taste. I've already sang for you more times than I Oh, yeah, I remember that. say on this it's show. too bad we don't have that saved because that was really memorable. Yeah, it was. No, but my mom totally does that too. I really Yeah, it's weird, but I mean- it's a fun memory, I guess. Well, sure. But on our birthdays, we get our favorite song to wake us up. Well, what's your favorite song? Well, I don't really have one right now. Let It Go is my favorite song. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's it. Oh, good one. You know what? That just brings me joy. <laughs> Every time. So anything else that your parents say? Little so just... um, what, they would say you have to do push-ups instead of a timeout. So, you know, we'd prefer to sit in the corner. We hated doing the push-ups, but really? I guess we got built My that summer. My kids would be ripped. Yeah. We, <laughs> they would be huge. <laughs> we got built, and then we ended that. Yeah. <laughs> no more talking back or anything. I uh, We always say, um, if so if my son's, like, going to do something dangerous, mm-hmm. I'll say, if, if you die, I will kill you. Mm, there you go. It's really cute. Yeah. yeah, how are you supposed to kill him if he's already dead? That, you'll, see, you'll understand when you're a parent. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. There's different ways to die. Uh, we got uh, Anybody else? We got about 30 seconds. You got one more? Oh, this one's good. Um, my best friend's parents say, go do something you hate. Being miserable builds character. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a parenting moment, isn't so there it? There you go. <laughs> uh, Maddie Richard, anything else you want to throw your parents under the bus for? Yeah, my parents, the funniest moment in our house ever was when my mom had to yell at my younger sister who just lost a tooth, get that tooth out of your nose. <laughs> By the she way, that's not funny because a guy just found a tooth that grew in his nose. <laughs> nice, that's <dude>. weird. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's so funny the things that you'd never think you'd have to tell your kids. Oh, I heard but... Sean yelling to his wife, get that quinoa out of your nose. <laughs> 
That's for your easier daughters. to get in your nose, I would think. Yeah. Pasta. You know. I've had I've had right next to I've, my mouth. I've had frog eye salad pasta. Oh, I've ew. had to, I've had not in my nose, in my daughter's nose. And I had to cover her mouth and then she couldn't breathe and she blow, sucked it in. Blow, blow. Yeah. She wasn't smart enough to blow it out. Well that's it. Good job. Where'd See you your go? parents did a great job. You all survived. Mm-hmm. And we put together a great show because of it, because you're all a little bit tweaked. Uh Here's the deal. Quote for you. Patience is the ability to let your light shine. Let your light shine even after your fuse has blown. Great stuff. Tomorrow, folks, we're talking about teens and their troubles. Can we help teens who may be heading in the wrong direction and maybe even give some help to those who have already started down the wrong path? That's up tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. We'll talk to you tomorrow.